Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Heavenly Father, today is the day of the Lord. It's the day of your word. It's the day of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And we are privileged to be in the presence of God. For you dwell in this place because this house belongs to you. These grounds are sacred to the Lord our God. The best of property here in this part of the brand new city of Rudaput, as you said to me in the early days, go build my church in the new great city of Rudaput. And here we are now, Lord. You've given us the ground in the heart of the city. We are here to serve you. We are on consecrated and holy grounds. In the house of the Lord we are. And temples of God we are. You feed us with your word. You feed us with everything good. You feed us with the power of your Holy Spirit that works on the inside. Your word that renews. Your word that causes growth. Your word that brings faith to overcome all obstacles. You encourage us. You make us bold. We're fearless indeed because we're more than conquerors. We're joint heirs with Christ and we're blessed as the body of Christ. Yes, even as the bride of Christ in this hour. Great expectation in our heart for a move of God in the Spirit in this place today. And even tonight that you would bless it, that it truly be a Holy Spirit driven night tonight here at Little Falls Christian Center. Now bless your people with a word of faith. And Lord, let there be power and let there be wisdom. And that, that which the Holy Spirit would say, let it be manifested in their lives. In Jesus Christ's name and all God's people said, Amen. This band truly is like my children. I've always wanted a band like this. Many years dreamt about it and then it came to pass. And they are just wonderful people. And the love of these people is amazing. And uh, if I want a song and I say this particular song, then it doesn't take long and then I've got that song. And uh, there's certain songs that I listen to that really bring in the presence of God. And I worship with them over and over and constantly and continuously. And uh, so it just it means so much to me. Worship is a powerful vehicle. We have been born again to worship the Almighty God to praise His name forever and to give Him thanks with all that is within us and to be consecrated and holy and live for Him. This day, tonight, I will, would like to have a more of an open type of service with the Holy Spirit and with a lot of music and let's see where the Spirit of God takes us tonight and maybe there's a blessing for one and for all. And then uh, also the, uh, those of the business community, our business leaders, and uh, we've got now a new movement with the Little Falls Christian Businessmen or Business Forum. It's for men and women, and the tickets will be available out there, I think over there or over there. It will be available. It uh, costs a small fee, but that is to cover the food, and uh, we have to bring in food from outside for a breakfast day, and uh, that'll take place. You can get all the detail. We'll be back to that in a later stage again. Now, there will also be baptism this morning for those of you who would like to follow the Lord through the baptismal pool. And tonight, bring an extra set of clothing if you have not yet been baptized. If that means immersed. That means to be submersed. That means to be placed in and underwater 
old together and bury the old man that you can serve the Lord in the fullness of life. And there is no twice thinking about it because baptizo means that. Literally to insert in water and to uh, immerse or submerse. To baptize means to follow the Lord through the baptismal pool. As um, in the book of Romans chapter 6 it says, Know you not that as many of us were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death. Baptized means like going down. Um, and so as we were baptized together with Christ, baptized into his death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should live. Romans 7, the next chapter says, in the newness of the Holy Spirit. Now we are serving God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Makes all the difference. My life in the ministry actually was launched. The moment I was baptized, then there was no stopping on me. And so here I stand by the glory of God. And I thank God. I've got much to thank the Lord for every day in my life. But then again, I am not concerned so much about me because the Lord takes care of me. I'm quite aware of that. But I'm more worried, if I use that word, it's not really the right word to use. Concerned would be a better word that it would be, uh, Paul also speaks about his concern for people of the church, that it would be well with you because I am all too much aware of the fact that you have to go through uh, non-functional traffic lights, that you have to watch out for potholes, that you have, you know, all these difficulties that there's the, the shortage of electricity and power, which should never have happened in this country, that there is this crisis with the electricity. Then there's also other things like fuel prices and food prices and everything else. My heart goes out to the people. Hence, I have noticed, and it is a fact of life, of Hebrew and as well as Christian, shall I say Israeli and Christian also uh, history, of which we're quite well, uh, you know, afraid with, that um, if you look at the way that when times of trouble would come, people would automatically draw near to God. They would seek the Lord. In a time such as this, people seek God quite intensely. They say to themselves, I better get the Lord on my side. And, um, you know, it's like a realization inside the deep self that I must get to God. I must stay with God. I must be committed to God because He is my helper in a time of need. And so we find a higher level of devotion in times such as these. I remember I didn't mention this this morning. I was quite carried by the Holy Spirit. And again, we'll be doing so in another way because you can't repeat that not if you watch the morning first service on the, on the, you know, if you look on the internet, you'll see that, you know, how the Lord just, just takes me and he goes with me in a direction. So um, if, you, if you look at all these things, the major main thing is consecration to God. I saw in world history, church history, at the time, the end of, towards the end of the Second World War, year 1945, 46, in those years, when America also got, the United States also got busy with uh, and involved uh, after the, uh, the attack at uh, Pearl Harbor in Hawaii, where uh, the Americans were bombed by the Japanese. And a major thing was playing off there, just amazing stories that, that emanated or you know, ensued out of that when you read all the reports of that. But in that time, the Christian churches said, we better start praying. 
Now at last they were now wanting to pray. They wanted to be with God. And they said, look, it's time for us to pray. It's time for us to get to God. And so they opened the churches and men and women came to pray. And then it, it got so intense. You would talk of a kind of a revival of another kind. It really got so intense that the men just stayed at church. They just didn't go away from the church. And the woman would come to church, they'd bring them some sandwiches and coffee or whatever the case may be. They would just spend their time in prayer because now their men and their women that were involved in the clash with uh, the um, German forces of Adolf, Adolf Hitler, they, they knew it was a serious world threat that was taking place. And make no mistake, it was a major situation. I know that in those days they came together at the churches and they prayed much and they continued in prayer. And then at that time, there broke out the revival and there was a major move of God on the United States of America. That is in the Christian church. A very powerful move of God. People started drawing to church and out of that movement came great leaders. Like for example, there was the time, if I just mentioned a few of them, uh, like Otto Roberts was there that came out. Just prior to that was uh, the uh, man called Smith Wigglesworth. And uh, then there was Otto Roberts. There's William Branham. Uh, there was A.A. Allen. And then came Catherine Kuhlman. And there were many people uh, that, that were going around in tents and doing crusades and massive amounts of people that came into the Lord, into the kingdom of God. It was truly a revival, a national revival, where there would emerge people like all Roberts, like 40 million souls came to the Lord. Now, you know, people, you know, one day I heard somebody and they said to me, you know, you know, he doesn't know anything about all Roberts, you know, and this, that, and the other, and I had some some negative things to say. And I said, well, you first go and save 40 million people. You, you first go out there and do that job. Once you've done that job, then of course you can open your mouth and say something. But until you've done so, don't say another word. Don't speak, don't say no more. And so uh, it is a fact that in that time, there came the people that were even Benny Hinn, all of them came in a, in a wave through the Christian church in the United States at that time. Now, of course, it's a different situation. Much trouble in the United States. At one of the universities, there's a move of God, but much trouble. And one day, a man came to me. He was huge. In fact, I thought to myself when I saw him that time, I thought, you know what? You look like you could be an angel because those angels are just that big, actually bigger than that. And um, he came with one of, they don't talk about a bucky. Like, yeah, we talk about buckies. You know, when you have these little, uh, little trucks that people have and they drive around with these um, pickup trucks and, uh, and, and very popular still all over the world. And uh, he, he came with one large one. I don't know if it was a Ford or a Chevy. It's one of the two. Could also have been a Dodge. Uh, one of the three, but it was a huge car. It's like a reddish color and it was big because the, you, know, you just look over the front bonnet of that car. And they drive around with those things. The parking spaces are much bigger than here in South Africa and much easier to park. They make uh, provision for that. And he got out of the car. This massive man. I couldn't believe what I saw. When he put his leg out the door of that car, his foot touched the ground. Out came his second foot. And he stood up. I think it must have been the tallest man I've seen in my life. Never seen anything like it. He stood there and he came straight towards me. Never met me before. Came straight towards me. And he says, I want you to hear what I say. 
He says, the church in the United States is like a great lake, quote, unquote. And then he says these words. He says, nowhere deeper than two inches. Turned around and walked off. And then later on, we sat down and he came into the meal and they had to make some extra room for this man. He was a preacher, turns out to be. At that time, I thought he was an angel. When I had the angel appear to me in the room, in my bedroom, I, I tell you, that is quite a spectacle to see that thing. I cannot forget it. It's like it's crystal clear. You know, I think in pictures. And so I looked at this angel. He was huge and he had wings and they went right through the roof and the ceiling. And I thought to myself, it didn't seem to bother him. They just go through the roof because he's that big. And he looked at me, that gold color hair to his shoulders. And um, he, was, he had a friendly face, slightly rounded, friendly face, big smile. And uh, he was very kind to me. If he was not kind, I tell you what, I would have had a shock into a different blood group, I want to tell you. But he smiled at me and he said, I've come to show you what must take place. And then he took me with him and showed me things of which I'm not going to speak at this point in time. But the fact of the matter is, these angels are everywhere. People live as if God does not exist. They live by some form of a value system or by a culture or by a cult, uh, uh, some type of creed uh, that, they, that they have. You know, because in one nation, something that would be an abomination would be quite acceptable in another culture. And then to the next culture where another thing is quite okay. So where is the foundation that would steer all the cultures and bring them together? It is the culture of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, the word of God, provides you and I with the necessary value system and also tells you what you can and what you cannot do. Very clearly so. You know, we read the Bible in a year. And I think of the Bible and I think of all the consecration and the dedication. You know, to me, the Bible is so real. God is so real. You know, I can speak to you about visions and things that the Lord has given me through the years. Last year, I had a massive, massive revelation of the Lord. And I think perhaps the highlight of everything I ever saw concerning that and heaven and all of that. Now, the point is, that if you read in the Bible how that we serve the living God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and the God of Moses, and the God of Elijah, and the God of Daniel, and the God of King David, and then the Son of David, Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Messiah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, declare Romans chapter number one, with power to be the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead. It is Him, in Him that we live and move and have our being. It is in Him that we have the victory. In Him we are more than conquerors. Without Him we are worth nothing. But with Him in us we are worth 
everything. We are God's prized possession. We have been made, Revelation chapter 1, kings and priests to our God. Says the apostle Peter, a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, a peculiar people of our God. The ecclesia, the called out ones, the ones selected and sanctified by God. That means to be set apart for a purpose, to create himself a house of living stones which we are that we would live in His presence, that He would be in the house of the Lord. That nothing in this place is hidden from Him. Not a thought of any soul that sits here today. Not from the children, not from the hairs of our head. Anything that we do, He knows it all. He understands our motives. He knows your difficulties. He knows the difficult times I spoke of. That in the time of difficult times, I have a, a verse here, the Spirit of the Lord in Luke 4, 18. I never got any further with the first service. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. But there it says to preach the gospel to the poor, the evangelion, which means the good news, no bad news. It does not drive my life. I'm fascinated, ever fascinated by how people would sit and drink in hours of worldly news and have not that much faith in God. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But if you receive the Word of the Lord and you're a witness for Christ and you have this book and you've got it now, you're in the kingdom of God to read this book, to understand this book. Because God says, if you will diligently heed the things I have commanded you, to do them all the days of your life, to have the fear of the Lord, to be obedient to me, to show me the love Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your strength and all that is within you and your neighbor as yourself. That if you do these things, the Lord says, I will bless you and I'll cause you to ride high over the hills and the mountains of the earth. You will soar like the wings of an eagle right over the clouds, over the difficulties, over the storms. He helps you. He stands by you. He protects you. He's always with you, no matter where you go. He's given His angels charge concerning you. Give Him a praise offering. And then some people say, I don't know, you know, if we die, if we die, then, you know, we don't really know what happens. It's a strange thing, and I think about that this morning. I was thinking of the man called Moses, for example. I mean, I could speak about Elijah, for example. And I could speak about many of those who doesn't matter to me. But the fact is, if you take, for example, Moses. Now, there in the book of Deuteronomy from chapter 30, where he says, I call heaven and earth to record against you that I place before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose ye the life that you may live and your children, and the Lord your God would bless you in the land that you dwell within. And so God gives that. And then he says to Moses, now, Moses, it is time for you, just like this, that you must die. God's words, quote, unquote, go read it. When you read the Bible in a year and you go through that program, you come across that. And it says, time for you that you must die. And then he says, but before you do that, I still have one thing that I want you to do. I want you to write down a song. And there he brings a song. God gives Moses a song. A song with the words of God. 
just like that. Straight the Word of God from the Father to Moses. Here's the song. And he gives him the song. You read that in Deuteronomy chapter 20, uh, 30, well, what is that, 22? For, uh, hold on, I must just must, must get myself right here. Deuteronomy 30, Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32. And then you see the words where he speaks. He says, you know, it's time for you to die. So now Moses, the man, is separated at Mount Bishcha, right next to Mount Nebo, where Moses overlooked the mountain and uh, saw the entire Israel from the north to the south. And God says, I will not permit you to go across this Jordan River, but I will, and you mean need to study these things, I will anoint and I will do the inauguration of Joshua. And then the Lord inaugurated Joshua. Most amazing. It's the first ordination and inauguration that I've seen where God says, I will do that as far as he's concerned, Joshua. And he says to Joshua, but now you, Joshua, only be bold and courageous. Be what? Be bold and be courageous. This book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, day and night, day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in this book, that it be well with you all of your life, that you may prosper, that you may be in health, even as your soul prospers. As Jeremiah 33 verse 6 says, he says these words, I will give it health and healing. I will give it health and healing. It is the Lord that keeps you healthy. It is the Lord that has got a built-in recuperation healing system in your body, in your natural body. But only serve the Lord. Only be committed to Him. Too many people make too many mistakes. They don't read these, this book. They have no time for this, but they got plenty of time for any other thing. And our value system is there. Our very value system. The foundation of conduct. God knows each and every one of you. He wants to bless you all. One and all. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let me say this to you because my session is rather short with you this morning. Look at that. I've gone past the 11 o'clock mark already. So let me say one or two more things on this. When you appear before the Lord, He's not going to say, for example, and I might say and I might quote, that, uh, you know, you're a man of a remarkable intelligence. You know, you're a king of a nation. Or you're the president of some of the nations of the world. Or that you are so outstanding that people admire you because you're a great athlete, or a great swimmer, or a great rugby player or a great this or that or the other. None of those things count. Or you're rich, or you're poor. <laughs> None of those things count. When the day comes, it is appointed, Hebrews 9, 27, 26, 27, it says these words, it is appointed to all men to die once and then comes the judgment. Once. Here's a man called Moses. One death. What happens now? Jesus Christ the Lord goes to the mountain of transfiguration. Who's back there with him? Moses. I thought Moses is dead. 
The Lord said, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And the Lord Jesus said, God is not the, the God of the dead, but of the living. So let me tell you now, death is simply a transition. What you do this side of the grave and your commitment to God will determine to you what you will do and what will happen to you for eternity. Those who wish to be rich, the Bible tells us, will pierce themselves through with many sorrows. It's like an affliction. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all sin. Mind you, if I look at that in the Hebrew text, I just see the uh, Greek text in front of me now. There's more words in the English than what appears in the Greek. So they've added some words. But it says money, and it says root of all evil, or root of evil. And it says there, now, I cannot go around and fall in love with mammon, the money devil. Forget about it. I don't even have a purse on me. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in God Almighty. I'm interested in the well-being of this flock that's ahead of me here. I'm interested to see to your future, to the best of my ability to pray, because I can't reach you, but God can. And I know that if I pray and I feel the presence of God coming to my study, there is a huge presence that comes down. If I then pray for you, something happens. I know it. The angels move with you. You're never alone. Moses reappears. How about Elijah? Elijah's also gone. He reappears on the Mount of Transfiguration. Then God says, this is my beloved son. Him you must listen to. Listen to Jesus. In this life that we live, the difference is made what we do with God and what we do with this book. And if, for me, for me, indeed, a thing or a concept is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord drives you away from that which is evil. In these years that the Lord has spared me from whenever to now, to be able to serve him more than 40 years actually, um, that I was able to serve him, I noticed one thing. From the moment he took me and filled me with the Holy Spirit, I tell you his hand was heavy on me. I had to change my conduct. I had to change this. And all the time, the smallest thing I would do, he would immediately convict me of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I would immediately have to, like King David, was quick to repent and quick to be forgiven. I always think of that in, in Psalm 51, how King David at the time of the sin with Bathsheba and how David now begins to say, have mercy on me, O Lord. And how that he very quickly, when Nathan the prophet uh, uh, faced him and said, you're the one that did evil, you're the one that did wrong. You got a man called Uriah the Hittite. You got him dead in the battle and so that you could take his wife, with, which was Bathsheba. And now the child that he's born to you will die. And now there will be nothing that you can do about it because you didn't listen to the Lord your God. You should have known better. He was King David. He was, he was the king after God's heart appointed at the time. Only the Messiah himself would be the seed of David. How that he would deal with him and how David was quick to repent. I learned about that. I loved the style of leadership of King David. I just loved it. I find it very interesting. I was saying to somebody in the weekend, because I read the Bible just like you in a year, and I think this year, with the grace of God, I will read it more than once, in fact. 
Um, and, and you move quickly if you move both New and, new and Old Testament together. And, and I look at what I do now is I would look at, for example, let's say we go to where the people are reading, to Moses on the mountain. And you, you watch Moses confronted by problems and how he behaves when he faces it every time. Moses' commitment to God. You take the person. You look at his nature. You look at his character. You see how there was absolutely no compromise with anything. What God said this man was doing. What a dear and precious man of God. The Lord took him on the side of um, the Mount Pishcha, which is right across the, from Jericho. If you go over into Jordan, you have that area. And the Lord himself took care of him at that time. It is an amazing thing that happens because nobody actually knows where they buried Moses. So I go into the Hebrew scripts and I have a look at what they say in their manuscript, the Talmud, the, the, the modern Talmuds or the Babylonian Talmuds, uh, and then the modern Talmuds, the old ones, new ones. And um, you look at the Dead Sea Scrolls and you find that there are documents that state that he was taken into, he walked straight into a cloud on that mountain and then he disappeared. God Almighty took care of him. God said to him, now you must die. So write the song, now you die. Then Jesus goes up on the mountain and here's Moses back again. So what does Jesus call it? He says, sleep. He says, this little girl is not dead, but sleeping. He calls in the New Testament, even when we do the communion, where you, uh, uh, where you have, if somebody does take the communion of the Lord in an unworthy, un unworthy manner, therefore, some of you have fallen asleep. Some of you are sick and some have fallen asleep. That sleep there is the sleep of death. Death is when you stop breathing and your body is separated and you go to be with the Lord. When you go to paradise in the third heaven to be united with the rest of your family and friends if you commit yourself to the Lord as one would want to commit yourself to the Lord. As you stay here today, understand one thing and that is that God loves you. I am glad for you. This is the holy day of the Lord, the seventh day, the Sabbath day and the Bible says very clearly, it says, remember the Sabbath day. This is my day. This is the day that I have given you to take a break, to take a rest. You get the world out there to do everything else. They go away from God. But you've chosen to be in the house of God today. Now, didn't you? Now, the Lord has seen you here. The Lord knows everything about you. More than what we ever could imagine or think. But God knows everything about us. He created us. He knows what goes on inside of us. He knows what drives us. He knows when there's sin. He knows when there's repentance. He knows when a person is obedient. He knows when we pray. He listens to our prayer. The prayers of the righteous, like I said yesterday with a prayer meeting, is a force. It's a righteous force prayer. That opens doors and brings in the favor of God. How can I go through a day of my life without praying? How can I go through a day of my life without spending time in the Word of God. Yet, many people have taken this book, laid it aside, closed it down, and forgot what is written inside. Many people have armchair kind of a religion where they stay at home and they watch a video. That's not the church of the living God. 
that is straight laziness. And I'm not talking about somebody that's, that is uh, sick or somebody that is in a wheelchair or somebody that just cannot get to church. I'm not talking about that. But there are many people that can well do be in church like you are today, but they don't come to church. Why? Because they decide, no, today I'm going to go to the Valdam and take a look at the, the Valdam that overflows. And to, tomorrow I'm going to go to the Hattabeswood Dam. And then at Hattabeswood Dam, I think I'll go on one of those yachts and sail around there and catch some fish. And that'll be on the Sabbath day, on the day of the Lord. God sees that you are here. Therefore, God's blessing is upon you now. And you will leave here with the blessing of the Lord upon your life. God knows what you need. He knows of every family problem. He knows of marital problems. He knows of financial shortages. He knows the aggravation that you have in the traffic. He knows everything. But he also knows that you have come close to him. You are here now. This is the place of your safety. On the sacred grounds of the house of the Lord. This is where you are always and forever welcome. And all people are welcome in this house that love God, that believe in the Lord, and have repented of sin. And then, of course, there's a baptism that follows, and life in the Holy Spirit with the Word of God. So follow the Lord all the days of your life. Never drift away. Make sure that you read your Bibles. Make sure that you pray every day. Be sure, particularly, I don't go through a day of my prayer life without praying the Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. I pray that every day of my life since I was that size. Because Jesus said, this man, you ought to pray. So I pray like that, and then I go straight into praying in the Spirit. Just go into praying in the Spirit. I would pray hour, two hours, three hours, time, just stand still. Then, it's like that. There's an opening, and then you see things that are going to take place, as I've seen by many occasions. When I pray like that, you cross from the flesh into the spiritual world of the Holy Spirit. And God says this, that, the other. You see the things to come. So, my dear friends, remain committed to God as you are here today. And this gift that you are, you represent a precious gift, a pearl of God, every single one of you. You are like pearls of the Lord. And who am I to stand here before you and even be here? To, I don't qualify. It's only God that can make me qualify. But I know this today that you are precious and he wants to bless you. Would you stand and give the Lord a praise offering, everybody? Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, as I say, it's not our right, it's our privilege to be on this platform. This is a holy place. And from here, we don't compromise. We can never compromise. Because I know all too well, if I had to compromise with anything from this platform, then you can take me out immediately. It would be the end of life. But Lord, I pray and I thank you today for the privilege of serving you these years and more to come as you give me strength and as you have prepared me. Lord, also, I pray today over these people for their wellness, for their future, for wisdom. That is the principal thing. The fear of the Lord in their lives. Always the fear of the Lord. Wisdom is the principal thing. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them in everything they do and their businesses, and every difficulty, you will provide the way out and the solution as well. 
I thank you for this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God the Father. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance over you. Be gracious to you. Grant you eternal salvation and peace. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All God's people said, Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.